Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. As you will quickly notice here, Nick Shermuthness is not joining me this week. It is the holidays, and we are taking the week off, but instead of just, uh, you know, disappearing, we decided to release a special little something because, I mean, where's the fun in, in releasing nothing? There's no fun because there's nothing. This week's episode was originally supposed to be a two-parter, the first part featuring an interview, which we will get into here in just a moment. The second part was going to be Nick and I discussing our thoughts on the Justice League film. Unfortunately, we did not get time to record that um, before I went on a trip. And so the short of it is Nick didn't like it very much. I loved the movie. I'm sure we will talk about it uh, at a future time. But This week, you get something really awesome. You get to hear me sit down with John R. Cootie, the creator and writer of Rumble, who has also worked, uh, he's had a long career doing a lot of really great things. He wrote The Creep and Homicide back when he worked uh, with Dark Horse. He is, of of course, known for his work with the Magnoliaverse, writing BPRD for a long time, also taking a hand at Abe Sapien and... A lobster Johnson. He has had a really great career, and it was a real honor to get to sit down and talk to him. And definitely gonna have him back uh, to talk about more stuff that he teased a little bit that's coming out. Uh, and also because he's just a really nice guy to talk to. We ended up talking for a bit after the interview off air, and he apparently had a, a history with Charles Schultz that I would really love to sit down and hear more about sometime and share with you guys. So we really hope that you enjoy this conversation, which we talk about Rumble and other works that, that John's done, comics that he's enjoyed, and uh, a bit for a bit we go off a tangent about his dog but it's a wonderful tangent and i think uh i couldn't bring myself to remove it from the interview so without further ado enjoy a conversation with john arcudi and we will see you guys with a regular episode next week to the batmobile let's go john arcudi thank you so much for being here today uh i know i'm supposed to say it but but i mean it thank you for having me oh well yeah that's 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 very nice. <laughs> I'm getting, getting I'm, I'm all emotional on the greetings here. This is not a good start to the interview. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to get <laughs> if you mushy. Could, if you could tone it down a little bit, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's that's my middle name. <laughs> John, toning it down, repeating. <laughs> uh, well, uh, just starting off here, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that Rumble's coming back. Very excited. Uh, You're excited. Well, I mean, I'm I, excited. I, uh, uh, of course. I mean, I'm the guy with the thunder chop tattoo on my tricep. So really, that's you. Oh, that's, that's me. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. So really looking forward to it. Uh, my question right out the gate is why a new number one? Um, it, it was I, I debated it, uh, you know, like Eric uh, Stevenson. He first suggested it because it had been so long. And because we were bringing David in, David Rubin, the new artist, um, and um, and it is going in a, in another direction. I, I mean, the, the Raff Raff will, in the first series, be a different character. I mean, he'll look very different and he'll be behaving differently. And um, I I just thought it had been so long. And Eric's like, you know, if 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 it's been this long, it's almost like you're going to be going out for new readers anyway. And I, I agreed with that. And I thought, like, believe me, I, I debated it 
quite a bit, but ultimately I thought like, well, we can have a sort of a, a refresher, the first issue of what has happened before, and then go forward from there. I mean, it's still the same continuity, <laughs> okay. but the directions, don't worry about that, but the direction is, is, is different. Um, and, and, uh, and that, that'll be evident on the last page of the first issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask as a, as a follow-up to that, if this is, would be a, a good jumping on point for new readers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, once I just decided to go with issue number one, the originally I was going to have like some crazy shit going on in the first issue, and then we'd back up and and catch readers up. But I thought, well, dude, if you are doing a number one, I think it's you know, and I, and I, I hope that my you know returning readers aren't um, put off by the fact that there's a lot of sort of retelling. I hope we do it in an, I think we've done it in an entertaining enough way where they'll be like cool with it, you know. That was the idea: is that we, we we sort of introduce new readers to this continuity, make them understand all of the sort of big plot points that they need to understand to go forward. And uh, and as I said, I hope that we retell it in a way that returning readers are not, you know, put off. Kogan tells a substantial part of the story, which may or may not be lies. That's always fun. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> get to get to mess with people a little bit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, He's like he's like one of the characters that uh, people love him, but some people are like well I can't really I don't really know who to root for and from my point of view that's a success you know like <laughs> if you really don't know who the hero is then 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 this is a book that is is getting out there what I want to get out there and I I hope it's a book for adults like hey man it's it's not that cut and dried and yeah. Kogan's my favorite because he's always fucking lying. <laughs> Yeah, when when the series starts off, it seems like it's a little bit, you know, cut and dry. Oh, here is this imprisoned demigod, and he's fighting the demons. Uh, but as it goes on, you really get this this look into humanity had a much more complicated relationship with these greater beings than it appeared. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really great, and I, I love, uh, like you said, there's so many great characters in this book. I really love the character of Bobby. Uh, because he's, <laughs> he's not like, he's not this destined hero. He's not from this great line of warriors. He's, no. yeah, he's just a kid that got, uh, dragged into everything. Yeah. Whereas Dell thinks he is the destined, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I love that dynamic, the three of them. And, and Tima obviously plays a different role, but the three of them is like, you know, Rathrak really likes Bobby. Bobby's got to get away from Rathrak. Dell. <laughs> really likes Rathrak. Rathrak wants nothing to do with that. <laughs> so I really like that. I really like that dynamic. It's like a, it's like a bizarre love triangle, yeah. where, you know, where no one really gets what he wants, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and that there's such great interplay in between those three at different times. And I, I'm really curious to see with, I mean, how everything is ramped up, how Tima's, part in all of it is going to grow i imagine how bobby is going to react to a lot of what's happened and you know with uh, spoilers for people who have not read the first three volumes you absolutely should go back but with his mother coming back there at the end uh how that's going to affect his uh, his outlook on everything happening i imagine he wants to get further away from all of that now that some normalcy seems to be returning to his life uh yeah but it's you know obviously that's not going to happen it's never uh, as clear as it seems and it, i mean like it gets it gets worse by the end of this first arc you know like a lot worse and yet he's still going to be of course stuck and 
And he's going to have to deal with the guilt of having dragged Tima into this. Because, mm. you know, like, I mean, obviously, that when, when, when he finds out who Tima is, at first he thinks she's part of this fucking mess that's come in and ruined his life. But, you know, it's sort of like bewitched. Like, yeah, I know you can do this, but let's, let's not. Let's not <laughs> do this. You know, let's, let's just be human. And now that she's, as you'll see in this next arc, now that she's really dragged into it, um, there's just no, you know, there's no avoiding it. And, and uh, I, I don't, you know, my feeling is that there really is no one hero. Each hero or heroine has his or her own motivations and his or her own thought, thoughts, obviously, about what this all means to him or her. And mm -hmm. so I don't want... You know, it's not like um, I shouldn't say this. I've never read Lord of the Rings. I've never watched any movies. But they, from what I understand, they all have like a common goal, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's really not the case here in in Rumble. I want everyone to be looking for something different. And at some point, I, I should say at various points, those those motivations or those causes come together, and and occasionally they can actually get something done. But as you saw at the end of the third volume, like. Those, the, you know, Tima and Bobby were actually working, as it turns out, against, maybe I shouldn't say this to people who haven't read this, but spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> they ended up sort of working against what, they worked for it, but they ended up working against what Rathrak really wanted. And it fucks everything up, as you'll see in this next volume. It was so heartbreaking f to watch his body <laughs> get destroyed right in front of him. Yeah, yeah. And, After he's been cut in half. Yeah. Like, you can't do anything. Yeah, I, that was that was the idea. And I'm glad to hear it, that it wasn't just, you know, um, more bullshit that we see. Like, you know, oh, the, you know, this character in this issue of this big two comic gets killed, but he'll be back in 10 months. Yeah, it's hard in a lot of storytelling to really create a really good sense of hopelessness. Because I, I feel like, at least myself, I'm on our podcast, we talk all the time about how jaded we are. Yeah, but, sure. And, and Bucky's back, for Christ's sake. Man, <laughs> when I was a kid, that was sacrosanct. You wouldn't go near that, you know? Yeah. And and so to have like a moment where you just look at it, I look at the page, and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, how they're going to get out of this one. It It's just a really great feeling. It sparks wonderful emotions yeah I, I think i mean I'd, I'd like to say that's me and james but i think it's also because it's a, a new book and you don't know how many issues i have in mind and i think that there's a, a lot of a lot of uh uncertainty that's that's inherent to that dynamic mm -hmm. um but uh but but i i, I do credit james uh, and and david as you'll see in the next volume i keep saying that i should be should back up but David, you know, also uh, provides a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the dynamic storytelling that's needed to, I think, push this forward. So I actually wanted to ask you about that a little bit because you've mentioned in some other interviews that uh, James had a hand in kind of shaping the initial outing of the book. Yeah. Uh, has in, with this being a new number one, has David sort of had a similar hand? Did you guys sit down and kind of hash out what's going to happen? Um, he, he has had a similar hand, but not to the extent that James has, because obviously there's a lot of backstory now mm -hmm. uh, that, that wasn't there when, when James and I first sat down um, talking about this. Uh, but he has had a hand. I mean, he, he, he ended up suggesting something that I didn't think was going to work. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, actually, that actually can work, especially since we're doing this 
you know, relaunching it. Um, my hope is that later on down the line, he'll be able to um, have more input and we will be able to sit down and have some, you know, sessions where we can hash a few things out. But right now, like the, the next volume, um, the next storyline is already in my head. Doesn't mean that David won't add stuff. I, I know he will and I hope he will, but it's already figured out in my head. Um, and I'll send him an outline for that, and my hope is that it'll add some things. But, but the, the, the next story after that is not so clear-cut in my head yet, and that'll be great if he wants to participate in that. But the danger is that as I write the next, the, the, the volume, uh, volume two of this, or volume five, ultimately, of, of the whole series, that I'll start to crystallize volume six in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. That's always a danger. Um, because, dude, it's a periodic, man. We gotta keep it coming out. And and if it if it occurs to me, I write it down. And if and if the input isn't, you know, forthcoming as quickly as I would like, I I put it together and we get going. All right, great. Uh, how? I mean, in your head, because you know, there every story has an ending. Do you already have sort of that ending? Absolutely. Down there? Okay, you do. Absolutely, I have the last five issues mapped out in my head. Uh, oh, wow. And and you are right to feel uncertain about these characters because I want you to understand nobody is safe. Huh. Oh, that's ominous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, when it ends, it ends. It, there won't be like, you know, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of a, you know, there won't be a, a, a Patty Duke reunion show. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'll be Patty Duke. Why Patty Duke? Um <laughs> Sean Aston, that's why. Uh, you know, it, it'll be over. I mean, that'll be that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not happening. My hope is, of course, sales sometimes dictate uh, the length of the series. But my hope is it isn't happening anytime soon. But it will be a complete story. And I I, I prefer that. Okay. Uh, I prefer that in my reading and I prefer that in my writing to say, okay, we're starting here. We're going to end there. And that's that. No, absolutely. There is something really great. It makes it so easy to revisit as well years down the line. Uh, you know, picking up like I'm just I'm gonna reread this run of Why the Last Man. You know, because I I I know how much of it I have to read. It it makes it nice and easy. So I look forward one day to making my kids sit down and read through Rumble. <laughs> making your kids, all right, sit down, sit down. I said, yeah. I mean, they'll be hooked after the first volume. I assume. One can only hope. Yeah, they just, I got to get them through that first one. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, again, that's my hope. And certainly, um, like, you know, Breaking Bad, I, I watched it the first time. And I was like, you know what? It's on Netflix now. Let's watch it all over again. And it was, you know, more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are a lot of shows, obviously, that you go back and revisit them. You're like, wow, I can't believe I ever liked that. Um, <laughs> it's usually when you're a lot younger. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, uh, as bad as the fourth season was of, uh, of, uh, uh, Under mm-hmm. and Toto, it works really well altogether. It works really well. And the fifth season completely erases the fourth season, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, but then, you know, you've got, you know, friends, this goes on for fucking ever. <laughs> Luckily, you're not doing that kind of sitcom that they're just looking to pump the money out of for right. Yeah, British British sitcoms always or British shows 
generally, obviously there are a couple of exceptions, which I will not name, but they were better <laughs> because they're like, okay, that's it, like black books, three seasons, that's it, that's all we got, that's it, we're done, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, you know, that's how I feel about most of my writing. You know, I don't want it to go on forever because I don't, I, I don't have an unlimited number of ideas and I don't particularly want to turn it over to someone else, you know? Okay, yeah, you like, you, you like what you create and it's your playground to play in? Um, mine and the, and the, you know, the, the, the artists that I work with, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, when I kill a character, I don't like the idea of turning around and having that character be resurrected because these characters actually means, I mean, this sounds like goofy, but they mean something to me. There's gotta be and, stakes. You know, I, and, and, and I, my hope is, of course, that I write them in such a way that they mean something to the reader. And so, you know, like, okay, well then, you know, I kill that character and the, the reader, you know, again, this is sort of overblown language, but mourns in his or her way, mm -hmm. but then, you know, moves on, you know, and that's, he moves on to whatever someone else is producing or, you know, if I'm lucky, something I'm producing, they can get a kick out of that. But that's, to me, that's, that's the only re like, fuck, man, I keep bringing this up over and over again. Moby Dick. Nobody wants to see Captain Ahab come back to life, you know? Nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants a prequel when Captain Ahab was a kid, you know? And, and you know, there'll be some for, to, for te, I'm sorry, foreshadowing in one, you know, uh, uh, on one page where he gets a knee injury as a kid. You know what I mean? Nobody wants that. It, it is what it is, and I'm not comparing myself to Melville, obviously. <laughs> that would be absurd. But I feel like the only value these stories have is the, the value that the stories have, not that the endless exploitation of those characters might have. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm in absolutely no position to ask for a happy ending for any character, nor do I necessarily want any, but just for Apache, if that's possible. Just uh... Well, so you know, I love dogs. Okay, great. And it really, really hurt to show uh, Slanjaw gone. Really bothered me, but again, he had to be gone. Mm -hmm. You know, that, um, so yeah. I mean, that's that's all I'll say. I love dogs. I, I, if you could actually, if you're looking at my Skype profile, that's my that, that that's my oh. late, that's my late pooch, Hoke. Oh, yeah, oh. and uh, you know, and it's many years since he's gone, and I'll never get over it. I love him. You know. Yeah. A handsome guy. Normally, my dog Topanga would be wandering around in the room, but I think she's napping downstairs right now. Well, hey man, let him. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't always need her up in my business, so I'm, yeah, I'm Hoke, okay with this. Like the thing about Hoke was he was absolutely beautiful, as you can see, very handsome animal, uh, which is good because he wasn't obedient, <laughs> and, and he and he and he wasn't faithful, and uh, uh, he was always up in my shit you know <laughs> um um but of course so what i miss him you know oh and, yeah um, i i am convinced that if topanga got off leash somehow when i lost her i would see her walking with another family yes content as could be yes that, that was gone. gone absolutely the only way i could scare hope when he was running around the park is if i said bye and he's like oh shit this guy <laughs> feeds me and right. i don't know if anybody else in this park has food and then he would run over to me, and then. But oh, the stories I could tell you about this guy—he he literally broke into people's houses. He was what? Fucking, well, he was very, 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 very smart. And had I spent as much time with him 
as he deserved, I could have I could have trained him to, to you know, fucking rob a bank. You know, <laughs> he was so smart. And he, he broke into people's houses. He stole their food. I'm not making any of this up. Wow. He was something else. He was an eating machine. And, you know, um, sort of like birds, you know, everything they do is about eating mm -hmm. because their metabolism is so fast. His metabolism, obviously, is a dog. It's faster than ours. Wasn't that fast, but he acted like it was. He ate everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I discovered I was first, you know, overfeeding my dog when I first got her because it's my first dog as an adult. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know how much to give her, so I was giving her a few extra scoops, but she would go like just chow down on it. There are times where she would try to trick my wife into feeding her after sure. I'd left. Yeah, that's like if there's two of you, that's that. You're done. That, <laughs> that dog's getting fat until you see you two line up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny the ways that they are. They, they can trick us and outsmart us. Yeah, we always think of them as guileless, but it's just not true. <laughs> uh, well, I've got just a couple more questions here for sure. you. Sorry, um, I don't mean to hold you up. Oh, no, 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 no. I Trust me, I'm happy to talk as long as... You can as... edit all this stuff about Hoke out if you want to. No, sure. no, that's got to stay in. That's I love okay. it. <laughs> yeah, no, when you, when you talked about that issue, uh, I love that issue so much, just reliving his life and uh, the, the, the mourning of him through, uh, through Rothrak's eyes was just... <sighs> It got me. You should know. It, it, it worked. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it got me, you know, because my, my dog's been gone for a long time. And so I, I was definitely channeling my own grief for my pooch. And, you know, I miss him, you know. Slanjaw was far more faithful than Hoke. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's artistic license. Right, exactly. You're, you're allowed to embellish a little bit on that. Yeah. Uh, so kind of transitioning a little bit off of rumble just some more general questions um you've worked a lot in uh in your career on paranormal and supernatural stuff are there any genres that you've kind of uh, been looking to to work at outside of those well if um i mean i have uh done like the creep mm -hmm. which is uh, a crime drama well yeah it's really yeah, I mean, it's more like just a drama, but it sort of you know, oh. involves one crime. Right, and I should say, and Dead, out, dead Inside came and out. Dead Inside, right. Um, and back in the day, I did Homicide um, for, for Dark Horse, uh, well, with Dark Horse, I should say. I, I, I don't really think of genre so much. I mean, I, honestly, I don't. Okay. Um, whenever I have an opportunity to write something, if I can find the, the human core to the story, whatever that may be, uh, that's, that's what interests me. That's, I mean, you know, if, if I, I don't know, I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but no. uh, I've turned on a lot of work because I just couldn't find the, the human core to hmm. something. Um, or I, I, I could find it, but uh, my editor or publisher could not agree with me. Huh. Um, so uh, I, I, I'm... I, I gravitate more, believe it or not, towards crime dramas because I think that uh, the reality of someone uh, hurting someone else is, uh, that's a pretty big fucking matzo ball in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think that so much spins out of that. Uh, the denial, uh, self-denial, and I don't mean self-denial like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to drink tonight. I mean, denial of, of one's own actions 
there's there's a lot to be squeezed from that, you know. I, I, and not hopefully, I don't do it in. A, I should. I should. I'm sorry. I'd rather I should say I hope that I don't do it in a way that's exploitative. Uh, but you know, people being hurt by something and, and never really recovering. I mean, shit. Who who among us hasn't gone through that? You know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's that's the um, that's what I most want to explore in in work. And I think that's fairly obvious. If you look at the creep, if you look at rumble, if you look at dead inside, there is, these characters are hurt, they're damaged. And, and, you know, um, I hope in a way that is entertaining, but I also hope in a way that is, uh, informative in, in the, in the largest sense of that word. Mm-hmm. And, and you really do bring a little bit of humanity into some of, some of those moments. Like, um, I, can't remember exactly when it was uh, i believe it was in the in the first volume you know you have the scarecrow running around chopping down monsters with a giant sword and then bobby comes in and he kills one of them and it just it oh yeah changes him (laughs) yeah yeah well that's that's the main reason now that he just wants that he wanted not to be any part of it in the first volume after he kills this one character who's really gonna fuck things up it, it hurts him and i don't know I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've done something like that, but you don't get over it. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you can say I've done this for all the right reasons, but you don't get over it. Yeah. And I, I wanted to make sure that that was, you know, I, I didn't want it to be like, you know, some old, uh, you know, issue of, you know, whatever, fill in the blank of, of some, you know, superhero comic you hate where the human character kills someone and then, you know, by the end of the issue, they're laughing about, uh, you know, uh, you know, what Ghost Rider was fucking doing. I don't know, whatever, you know what I mean? I, no offense to Ghost Rider, I have no idea. I haven't read that book in, I don't know how long. But, you know, like, you do, see, you, you see that in movies too, like someone kills someone and then they're laughing at the end, you know? Uh, and even some TV shows I like where someone dies and it's sort of like, eh. You know, but we really needed to finish telling the story. Great. Tell a story about what that means to that character. I mean, you know, like that's so I, I really, unlike most other things that I've done in the past, I really wanted that to stick. You know, it and it really it really does. And I love that that view on it of he saved the day, you know, in he would normally be celebrated as this great hero. But he is just I mean, I have many of them. It's just head. He's just in his head now about it, and he yeah, he can't and he, escape you it. know, he, and, and and he walks off alone, you know, from his friends whose whose lives he saved, you know, and he saved the lives of all the the Asu as well, by the way, you know, because you know our character whose name I will not repeat, you know, he was about to go nu- nuclear, and then you know when that character comes back because these these Asu they keep regenerating, he's a different character too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has different reasons for doing the things that he does. Uh, so, yeah, like I don't want to ever lose sight of that. And, and unfortunately, I'm my own editor on that book because I can't afford an editor. <laughs> so, it, you know, I've got to be really vigilant. And, you know, if I ever have if I'm ever able to afford an editor in that book, I'll say, look, don't don't tell me how to write my dialogue. Just make sure that, that this shit means something. Just make sure that. Like, if I do something and validate something that I did earlier, you've got to fucking tell me. That's what's important to me. That's got to be stressful to be double-checking your own work. And... I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I'm writing three books for Image now, and I'm editing all of them. And... Oh, boy. Oh, God, brother. 
<laughs> fortunately, fortunately, I've got Dave Stewart and David Rubin who are just workhorses and, you know, uh, need very few notes. Mm -hmm. so, so editing them is not, you know, as big a concern as it might be working with some other people. I mean, Dave Stewart, oh, my God. Let me just, let me just take a moment to talk about how amazing Dave Stewart is, not just Please. as a color artist, because obviously he's the best. He is the best working in the business, period. But as a human being, that guy has been so huge in keeping this book going forward, and I love him like a brother. I just cannot say enough good things about him. Okay, getting back to what a pain in the ass it is to be an editor. <laughs> I have to edit myself, and so they relieve me of some of the duties, but you know, I, it gives me more time to edit my own writing, and I edit it over and over and over again. Yeah, um, it's a pain in the ass. It, it's hard in any creative work not to, uh, not to think like this is this is what am I doing? This is wrong. This is like this can't be a good idea. And I mean, I know there's times personally where when I'm working on something where if someone comes in like this doesn't really work, I'm like I knew it. Okay, thank you. Right. I can I can pull that out. And there's times where someone comes in, they're like, oh, I really like this. And I didn't think that it was a, an essential part. So, yeah, it's, I just I can't imagine having to do that for myself. It's a huge fucking pain, dude. You know, and, and the only thing that sort of is, saves me is, I hope, is that, you know, I, I, I rewrite the scripts so many times. And if anything feels the least bit wrong to me, I'll stop right there or yeah. I'll move on and write the rest of the issue. And then if I have to fix the rest of the issue based upon a mistake I made, I'll do it. You know, I, I just do what I have to do to get it done. I don't, it's a periodical and I've got to keep moving, but because David Rubin is, is so professional, uh, it, it gives me an opportunity to move on to other scripts for other artists and then come back to the script that I've done for him and then turn it in and, and he'll, he'll, he'll get it done in a, in a timely fashion. I'm really lucky that way. James is that way too. I don't want to you know, rule that out. Uh, but, but I'm working with David now. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate in that regard. Uh, and a lot of what Rumble is, is all in my head. And so I'd have to sort of sit down with an editor and explain all that to him, mm -hmm. um, which will be fine. I'll do it. If anybody wants to do it for nothing, call me. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the fact that it's all in my head, there are good things about that, you know, bad things. But the good thing is, is that when I feel like I'm doing something wrong, I know why I feel that way. And usually I can backtrack it and fix it. All right. Great. <laughs> that, that's right. That's all you can do, right? You got to hope you put yeah. it, out, best. Put it out in the world. Yeah. You put it out in the world and hope that people like it. Yeah. Uh, what are some books right now that, that you're reading? that you're enjoying that I'm reading right now that I'm enjoying. Yeah. Comics. Okay. Otherwise. Yeah. Um, boy, <laughs> it's been a while since I've really picked anything up regularly. I have to be honest. Uh, I don't get out much you, as you might imagine. <laughs> you sound uh, very busy, so that's know, understandable. Yeah. I'm really, 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 really busy. Um, the, the last book that I remember enjoying a lot, was, and this may be going back a ways, uh, was Manhattan Projects. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think jo Jonathan Hickman is amazing. Oh, that's... I, his work is like, that's, there are guys in this business who I think like, oh, you know, that's good, but I, I can do that. 
you know. And other guys <laughs> who are like, you know, that that's you know that that's good. I can't quite do that, but you know, I'm fine. And then I read Jonathan stuff. I was like, dude, fuck you. You gotta be shitting me with this, brother. You know. I, I think it has as much to do with his confidence as a writer, yeah, um, as it does with just his 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 skill. And that, don't get me wrong, and talent. That's a skill and that's a talent. Um, but yeah, I, I I love his stuff. Everything I've read by him, I like. Uh, Fred Van Lente. Uh, what I really like about Fred Van Lente's work is oh, and, and Nick Katara's work on on Manhattan Projects is is just amazing. The, just the ideas in that book and the way they all come together and work together. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I couldn't imagine having the the whiteboard up with all the arrows and string yeah, no, going dude, off. Tell of me it. about it, man. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. He's he's uh, he's doing stuff out there. I mean, and the books that he's doing are selling well, so I don't want to say he's undersung. Uh-huh. I'm sure that he, he does just fine. We don't have to pass the hat for Jonathan. But <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, I don't know that enough writers come out and say this guy can fucking write. You know, and he can. Yeah. Oh, and, and again, Nick really works really, really well with him. The stuff just just meshes perfectly. And then uh, Fred Van Lente. Anything I read, anything I pick up, whenever I pick it up by Fred, I'm surprised. And to me, that's that's about as good a compliment as you can give a writer. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, right on. I just want to say thank you so much uh, for. Oh, thank you. It was great. You know, uh, I uh, I like these kinds of interactions better. Because it gives me uh, an opportunity to sort of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what it is that we're doing on whatever book we're talking about, Rumble in this case, for the most part. Uh, you know, and, and some of the some of the interviews that I have to do, you know, they need to be edited for, for length. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, I was able to talk about the, the uh, what I believe is the complexity of the story that David Rubin and, and, and Dave Stewart and I are crafting, you know, crafting, putting out there. Let's put it that way. Crafting. Jesus, John. <laughs> you are so important. John. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you that compliment then that you guys certainly are crafting a, a wonderful world and a wonderful story that I am so excited to dive back into next month. And, and yeah, I, I hope that we can have you back on sometime to right. talk some more. I'm, I'm, you know, more than happy to talk about this stuff. And, the first volume, by the end of the first volume, you'll see that we're, we're generating some continuity that we have not done before. And the second volume, or I should say the fifth volume, fourth volume we're doing this, and then in the fifth volume, we're going to go bananas with introducing all of these elements in a more cohesive universe, uh, or less cohesive universe, depending on how you look at it, I suppose. Ooh, that's a, that's a good tease. Maybe we'll have to... And that's, again, why we started again with number one, because I really wanted to expand very quickly after the first uh, new volume, after volume four. I wanted to expand very quickly what we were, what we were going to do different from what we were doing in the, in the first three volumes. Well, great. Uh, do you have anything that you're looking to plug? I mean, aside from Rumble, if there's any other uh, books that you're working on you wanted to mention real quick? Uh I'd love to, but they haven't been announced yet by Image. I'm doing two other books for Image, uh, so you know when 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 we get an, uh, uh, enough issues in the can on those, um, I, you know I'll, I'll give you a buzz and we can talk about it then. But they're please they're do both very different from Rumble. Um, you know, one is yeah, I guess I really can't talk about it. But yes, <laughs> in the near future, I hope that we can talk about it. All right, that would be great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again, David. You have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.
Worst episode ever.